Welcome back to Building the Bach, and I'm your host, Jason Spies. Our next segment looks at the crude side of the oil patch, and we focus on South Hart, North Dakota, the Farmer's Daughters Cafe, owner Mary Hodel. Mary has one of the more remarkable stories you'll hear coming out of the oil patch. This is a segment we simply call The Crude Life with Jason Spies. Talk to me a little bit about your clientele. We do have a lot of our locals. They're loyal and, and regular, and but we have a lot of our RV park is full of guys with families back home that are up here working. We had just last week, in fact, one Tuesday, we said we did not have a single woman customer all day, like at all. And so it is, I mean, men, and uh, a lot of them are... You know that 30 to 50 age, I'd say that they're you know younger guys like alone. Alone, yeah, with their it's um may or may not have a family back home. Right, most of them are sending money back home. They're just up here working and they're you know go home on their holidays or whatever. Do you find that those guys are out carousing and partying? You know, it used to be that oil field guys you'd think they're at the bar after work, the which maybe we don't get the guys that go to the bar after work, but the guys that we get they're they come in here and they, they maybe they'll have a beer with their dinner, but they're not. They'll sit here, they'll play video games on their phone with my kids, or they'll talk sports with the older ones. And they got kids and family back home, and so our children being here, it's a family business. Our kids kind of fill that void of the you know everybody's got a kid, one of my kids' age, and so they they kind of but they're here um, you know visiting with the children or shooting baskets out back or. Do you feel that? Your family and your establishment has become a surrogate family for many of these. That's exactly what it is. It's it's really neat. Um, I never would have dreamed that when we opened. I thought the kids, it being a family business, the kids are here working and helping out. But they also know which guys have Angry Birds on their iPhone, and they will run up and greet them with a hug and sit next to them at the bar and you know cover their phone with sticky little fingerprints playing Angry Birds. And these guys let them, and they love it, and so they have kind of become like a family to us. So, You've mentioned your kids several times. I have five children. They're 13, 11, 9, 6, and 4. And before we bought the cafe, we made it a family decision because we knew that this was going to be taking up a lot of time. And so we made sure everybody was on board. And the kids all, you know, voted. One voted against it. And she reminds us of that. But she, <laughs> but everybody else voted in favor of it. So they all take their turn waiting tables or doing dishes or helping with kitchen prep work and stuff. When we first opened, uh, the kids were the only waiters. I was a cook. And since then, our business has just boomed. And they, we can't keep up with just us. So we've hired a lot of help and how many staff do you have or what was the max so far if you started out with you and your kids running the place how many at now right now we have 15 employees one full-time the rest are part-time um, we do you know families first so we a lot of ladies work you know one day a week or two sometimes um, they'll rotate around if they've got family coming up to visit or if they want to you know vacation somewhere and so we have I've been very lucky I haven't had a hard time finding help or keeping them so we're fortunate that way talk to me about April 22nd 2012 um, April 22nd we it was my daughter's first communion we were headed home after church and uh, it was a one day in North Dakota there was no wind so the county had just graded the road um, and there was a lot of dust with oil field. We live north of town, and that's kind of the heart of the oil field country right there. And um, I met an oil field truck at the top of the road, or at the top of the hill, and um, was blinded by dust. And so as I was going down into the hill, you know, slowing down, there was a truck parked waiting for the dust to clear so he could turn. 
and I didn't see him. I was, you know, two feet away from him when the haze started to lower, and I could see that there was a tanker. And so I, you know, swerved for the ditch. Um, I ended up with, uh, I don't remember how many broken ribs. You know, my lung collapsed. I broke my wrist, broke my shoulder, broke a vertebrae, my foot, my knee, my... But my kids were all with me, and they were all relatively unscathed. There was minor injuries, so we were very lucky that way. You, this was after you bought the cafe? That was, yeah, we opened in February, so three months, you know, April. That week that of my car accident was a crazy busy week. We had so many people that people had just finally started hearing about us. But I remember the night before the accident was our busiest night ever. And we had so many people from Dickinson saying, oh, I just, this is our first time out here, and, you know, we're so excited you exist, and, you know. Did you have to close? We did close. We, I was in a wheelchair for three months when I was in the hospital for, a, like, ten days or something, and they said I'd have to spend three months in a nursing home. And so we, I spent ten days until um, my husband got my wheelchair ramp built to our house, and then I, we, I moved back home. It was, you know, we did close for the summer. We reopened in August. And, you know, we were afraid, it, I mean, it, we were afraid it would kill business. I mean, you know, here we are. We put all the money into advertising up front and then closed for three months. So You hear stories about uh, emergency response time. You hear stories about being so far away from medical facilities. What was your experience as being in a horrific accident in the oil patch? Um, you'll edit things out that are not appropriate, right? Or <laughs> for me personally, we, okay, so I hit this truck and my 11-year-old son is sitting up front. And a couple years ago, there was those DSU girls that had, they crashed into a stock pond and, and there was this talk about how instead of calling 911, they panicked and called friends. And so when that had come around, I had talked to the kids about the importance of, you know, if we're ever in an accident and I can't help, call 911, don't call grandma. And then we had talked about, you know, and if I'm pinned in the car or something, you know, you, you get the little kids out. So anyways, I, I hit this truck and before I can even come to completely, my 11-year-old's up front, well, he was 10 at the time, and he's scrambling around, and I'm, I'm looking at him trying to figure out what he's doing, and he was searching for a cell phone. Well, my cell phone was shattered. It was in the cup holder. And, and so he tried to get out while the car, the frame had kind of, like, buckled up so he couldn't get out the back seat, and his door was crushed so he couldn't open his door. So he kicked his window out, and he jumped out, and he ran to stop this truck that I had hit. You know, he made his left-hand turn. and So he gets out in the ditch, and he ran in front of the truck, and he's waving and screaming and yelling, you know, stop, stop, mom's hurt, she needs help. Well, the truck stopped, but he wouldn't open his window or anything. And uh, he jumped up on the running board of the truck, and he was like, help, help, mom needs help, call 911. And the guy, like, turned his head away from him. So my son gets down, and I'm watching this, and I see this kid just dazed, like, what do I do now? And he come running back over, and he's, you know, in tears. And he said, I tried to get him to call 911, and he ignored me. And so I'm like, don't worry, don't worry, it's fine. In the meantime, my older, he was 12, um, he, 12-year-old, was getting the kids out of the car. At that, right at that moment, there was a crew of Patterson rig driller. They were on rig move, and so these guys stopped. They saw the accident, they seen. And so by the time they got up to us, then they, one called 911 right away. And um, he, I heard him talking, and he said, you know, there's five kids, the driver's dead. But did you wonder if you were dead? I did. I was, like, I was thinking, well, God, I swear I was just talking to the kids. And then I thought, well, maybe it was like, you know, divine intervention. <laughs> I wasn't really, you know. So then I'm sitting there. Well, then I heard him say, I don't know where we are. We left Watford City this morning, so we're somewhere south of Watford. And I'm thinking, I'm screwed, you know. Well, then my 12-year-old said, we're north of South Hart. We're like three miles north. Well, then he told him that, and he said, I don't know. I don't see a street sign. Well, then I pointed, and I said, there's a street sign right there. Well, the other guy said, oh, the driver's not dead, but he didn't relay that into the phone. 
So when the ambulance crew, you know, the call that went out was that there was a driver was dead and that there was five kids injured. And so when the first ambulance pulled up, I, you know, they went for the kids. And then finally they were like, no, wait, she's not. But then they had to wait for the jaws of life to come. And so that was, you know, rural North Dakota. Yeah. You know, they're, they're volunteers. It was the rural fire department. So, you know, it was a good 20 minutes, half hour waiting for them to arrive. So you were pinned in your vehicle? I was pinned in my vehicle. And this Patterson crew, which they um, ended up on a rig south of Southard after we reopened, so I got to meet them and thank them for their help. I should have connected that they were roughnecks. I was thinking truck drivers at the time. They didn't tell me. But this Patterson crew, they said, you know, I said, I'm stuck, you know, and, and they were like, I got a jack and a crowbar. We're going to get you out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dear God, no, please leave me. And and they, they uh, you know, they cut my seatbelt and they took the door off and, and then they were going to try. And the one said, I used to be an EMT. And I said, well, then you know not to touch me. And and so then they were like, okay, we'll, we'll stop. And because I was just like, no. And, but then they were great. They called, you know, my, my husband and some, they called, we had a neighbor that lived close by that came and sat with the kids. And so I put them to work doing busy work. And they were, they laughed because they came back in. I, I was very calm. I mean, I, you know, I'm a mom. You stay calm in an emergency. And they were freaking out. And I guess they told me afterwards that I, you know, told them, shut the hell up. You're scaring my kids. Sit there and be quiet. <laughs> if you, you know, and so then they, they were very helpful. My one son was um, knocked unconscious and so they had carefully you know, lifted him out of the car and took him out because we were in the middle of the road and, and so they laid him in the ditch and you know, until help came. It's remarkable that uh, the kids were virtually... They really were. They um, seatbelts, you know. The one that got knocked unconscious he was in a booster seat and he had his arm above the seatbelt instead of the um, strap or whatever mm -hmm. on the booster seat and so, you know, he flew forward more than you would have. Um, my oldest one was in back. He also had his arm over his seatbelt. He ended up with a bruised rib and a bruised lung. My 10-year-old that, you know, kicked the window out, he fell on his elbow when he got out, and so they thought he broke it, but it was just sprained. Mm -hmm. But that was his only injury, and um, the girls just had seatbelt injuries, and so... You grew up here? I did. I'm born and raised South Hart. Here you got into an auto accident. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about uh, growing up driving in this area and driving now and even now that you've been in an accident what do you feel like when you're on those roads well you know honestly um i mean growing up obviously i'm 33 years old so the traffic you know if you met a car on your way home it was you know the neighbor and he knew you were coming and i mean it's compared to now when you're you don't i mean it's rare to not meet three trucks in a mile you know it's totally different it's it's scary. I mean, I, I grew up south of South Hart. We actually, ironically, uh, there was talks about a coal mine going in south of town. And we one of the things when we were, you know, we the neighbors didn't want to see this happen. And when we were fighting it, we uh, one of the things we brought up was this truck traffic and the dangers of the road. And so, ironically, I was the leader of this whole coal battle. And then here, you know, oil gets me. But um, they. You know, the, the roads, I mean, it's, you know, there's, you always had the dust, but it was somebody's tractor. You know, it wasn't like now where you, these, you know, 18-wheelers and, you know, they're going with some speed down the road and every wheel kicks up this huge cloud. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's dangerous. And I honestly, I mean, it's going to be a long time before I let my kids drive on those roads because mm -hmm. it's not the same as when we grew up. To hear the entire interview, visit buildingthebakken.com.